The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. You're about to get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Welcome the hosts of Inboxed, the click father of email, Kevin DiVincenzi, and the original Fab Fondy, Fab Fondy J, John Fondy. Hey, and welcome to another great edition to Inbox Radio. I am the big Fabu. I'm John Fondy, kind of working through some technical difficulties here on, of course, the uh, February 3rd show of 2010. And we got a great show planned for you here. And if you've just joined us for the first time, uh, we want you to go to inboxradio.com. That's E-I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com. And you can jump into our chat room and you can ask us questions of our experts that we have on the show. We'll answer those questions live on the air. And uh, we've got a great show here planned for you. I've got uh, Joe Brecca. He's going to be here with us. And, of course, he is the emailingcoach.com. If you wanted to learn to make some money using email marketing when you're in the right place, he'll be with us here today. And also uh, in... Uh, in this weekly segment of Kevin's Corner, we're going to talk about some upcoming great opportunities that are available to us as well. And, of course, our weekly segment, What's Cooking? The Big Fabu is going to talk with executive chef Andrew Taylor as he reveals a recipe for authentic British fish and chips. And, by the way, you might want to ask, what is the similarity between relatives and fish? Well, we'll tell you about that as we get a little closer to that segment. And, of course, looking forward to having Keith Kausman off on the show. He's going to talk a little about RoboMail, and he's also going to talk a little bit about some of the solutions that he handles in-house for email delivery systems. And, of course, I'm really excited to have Brooke Schaaf on our show. He's from the Performance Marketing Alliance, and he's going to discuss a potentially smelly subject of affiliate tax. And, of course, Bennett Kelly of the Internet Law Center is going to talk about the legal ramifications as well. So, anyway, we've got a great show planned for you. But uh, more so than that, hey, I want to welcome to our show Keith Kosmanoff. Keith, nice to have you on the show with us today. Well, thank you very much, John. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, we met at kind of one of those crazy uh, the hospitality suites at the Rio at Affiliate Summit this year. And uh, I have to tell you, you've really got a great personality. Where does that personality come from? <laughs> I used to work on a cruise ship for about five years, and would you imagine that I uh, was the uh, cruise director? Just like Julie McCoy on the love boat then, huh? <laughs> a little bit, but we didn't have those purple drinks from Isaac. <laughs> that is true. Hey, it's funny, I actually was an entertainment director on a cruise ship as well, too, so I kind of know what you're going through. But I'll tell you, one of the things I've noticed is that I would have never guessed that you were an emailing expert, but you got a great personality. You seem to take a lot of joy in emailing. Tell us a, a little bit about it, uh, how long you've been in the industry, and uh, do you consider yourself an email expert? Yeah, that's, those are great questions. Um, I, I've been in the industry ever since I can remember. Uh, growing up on the um, uh, Plato system, uh, Novanet, uh, the Cray 2000 uh, by CDC uh, in uh, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. And uh, from there, I mean, uh, it's just I got tired of playing the games, and I wanted to write my own games. And um, so the technology and the information transfer just came naturally to me. So Interceptor's been around for about 12 years, and I've been with them for about eight of those 12. And, um, you know, I, and that really bothers me when, some pe when people say they're email experts, right? Because, I mean, I feel like punching their eyes shut, okay? Because email is changing every day, every minute. If you could snap your fingers, 3,000 messages just went by on a mail server. So... Uh, email expert? No, I, I, I don't consider myself an email expert. I don't consider myself at all. I consider myself an email guide. So okay. when you're in the jungle, trust the guide. Well, that's kind of a saying we have around here as well. Yeah, if you're going to take, if you're going to go fishing, you want to get that guy to take you where the fish is at. Also on the line with us uh, today. 
um, is, is a gentleman who I really um, am excited to have on the show. He actually is the emailing coach, and if you want to learn how to make money using email and using money-making email marketing tactics, of course, then this is the guy that you want to talk to. Joe, welcome to the show. I'm talking with Joe Barreca. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Well, I thought it'd be kind of an interesting segment to have two, two what I'll call experts in the email in the email segment, so we can have a little bit of a roundtable here as we're trying to fight our way through some of the technical difficulties that we're having. And Brasco, I'll just let you know that Kevin's out of the studio now, and he's going to go, I think, try to find a phone that he can call in, and so he'll be with us here in just a moment. Absolutely. But uh, Joe, I'll ask you the same question: Would you, would you consider yourself an email expert? Well, I go with the same same guidelines. Emailing does change every day. So you always have to be continuously doing your research. I wouldn't exactly call myself an expert either, but I am always ahead of the curve. It's good to know the email trends that are changing before you know everyone else figures them out. I've been emailing for about four years now. It was actually how I got myself into affiliate marketing. And in my path along the way, I mentored and managed other guys to become mailers as well. In my past, I've taught about nine to ten other people who knew nothing, and I mean nothing about affiliate marketing, and turned them into productive mailers. That's actually how I came up with the idea for the website. Well, good. And, of course, that website is called The Emailing Coach, and that's emailingcoach.com. It's a nice-looking website. And I think this kind of goes out to not only the people that are, are just getting into our industry, but also the people that have been around a little bit. You can always learn something. One of the things... Uh, Keith, that I've noticed is that everybody gets together and they all talk a lot, and, and I think this is one industry that kind of really does tend to learn from each other. Would you agree or, or disagree to that? Um, you know what? I, I mean, I found my clients to be a little more cloak and daggerish, <laughs> actually. Um, uh, they're high-profile, low-budget customers, and um, they don't like to give away too much business intelligence out there because they're all competing for the same real estate, the inbox, right? And when you're dealing volumes of number, even a 1% lift can, you know, make your day that day. So um, we, it's, it's a very, it's, um, I don't know, I, I, I like to say that I share my clients' wealth of knowledge as they, uh, I acquire new customers. Sure, and I think that really is the key, even in our industry, of acquiring new customers. And I think that having a site, Joe, like the emailing coach, gives you the ability to uh, to kind of keep your hat out there in the ring as well. Do you like do you like teaching people, or is it a little frustrating for you from time to time? I do like teaching people. Would you say that sometimes teaching also helps you learn as as you come up with stuff, or you just kind of share with what you know? Well, that's absolutely true too, because. Everyone always has a different outlook on something. Just because I look at something and think it's a good idea, it doesn't mean, you know, the next person's going to look at it and, and go for it. So it's good to get everyone's creative juices going. No, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, Keith, are there any new changes that you're seeing in email delivery? Yeah, um, we're getting a lot of, we've been hearing a lot of um, uh, new filters changing from uh, RBL listings to different ways. People are talking about IP and domain reputation. They've been talking about that for about the last 16 months. It's becoming heavily involved now. It's more based on IP reputation than domain reputation. And then if you scale up the IP, you're also associated with the network that you're involved with and also the uplink provider as well. And um, I, I don't know, I, you know, the word on the street right now I've seen within the last two weeks, um, AOL is going through a migration period. So if you've been attempting to deliver mail to AOL, they'll announce about six MX, re MX records, and of the six MX records, they have 16 IPs. Now, if you attempted Telnet to all 16 IPs uh, two weeks ago, you'd fail a connection timeout on half of those IPs. Now, I, I ran that test again a few days ago, and it looks like uh, only a few machines are down right now, but they're going through a whirlwind of change. They've just dropped almost every postmaster that worked for them, and all those ex-postmasters are scrambling for jobs in our arena, right, to give us the ins and outs of how to get into AOL. In the meantime, uh, AOL, I think, this is the word on the street, you heard it here first, is up for sale, and I think um, the number one buyer out there right now is Yahoo. Well, some significant changes. Do you think, uh, Joe, that that is a, that'll be positive for the industry, or will it uh, be challenging for the industry? 
Well, as far as mail goes, I mean, AOL and Yahoo are both the two biggest Internet service providers, and they are two of the toughest ISPs to, to hit the inbox on consistently. But if you can hit the inbox consistently on AOL and Yahoo, you're in pretty good shape. Yahoo has a, a harder feedback loop system for people to get signed up for. AOL, I believe, was a little easier. So personally, I think if Yahoo does buy AOL, it will be a little trickier getting into the AOL inbox than it previously has been. So does this then uh, cause everybody to try to, uh, to, to, to you know, look for other ways that they can improve upon this? Or being, I mean, when you're the biggest and things become tough, I mean, I, that can be challenging for our entire industry. And, I, and I'll put that out to you, Keith. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be tough. If I can, uh, if there's anybody listening out there, hello, 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 tumbleweed. No, um, really, if you look at your list right now, I can wave my magic wand over your list, and I can tell you already, you've got about sixty percent Yahoo in your list, and it always is a challenge to get into Yahoo, and it definitely depends on reputation. And Yahoo is a very interesting algorithm for allowing you to have access to their servers, whether they tarp hit you or not, that's holding on to the SMTP conversation for a period of time, thus slowing you down, and or if you go in the inbox or the junk box. And there are certifications that are out there that will help you do that with good mail or return path certification. And, I mean, it's a paid service. It's almost coming to the, um, you know, you got to pay to play scenario. Now, those costs for you to pay to play, they don't even compare to the actual cost of Yahoo hosting email servers. So if you think, oh my God, I'm you know paying for you know to get in there, no, 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 no. Um, it's a um, and and not everyone will uh, <laughs> um, get certified just because of the content they're attempting to deliver, and they're very strict on that. So. Um, I, 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 it's it's a it's a tough thing. I, I've seen weird, very weird rules go by recently. I've seen IPs that have been listed on Spam House, and the SMTP conversation coming back from Yahoo is, "Hey, we're going to defer this mail. You're listed in Spam House, right?" And then I've seen 30 seconds later, 98 percent success rate on those same IPs. Now I doubt they're getting into the inbox, but you know, isn't that kind of baffling? Yeah, I, I think it is, and we talk about that on the show, um, uh, you know, quite a bit about how not to end up in that area and how to try to kind of cultivate your market a little bit more. Joe, we're going to go to a break here in just a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and take the last word and, uh, and kind of give some advice to, to some people that might be listening into the show right now. Well, I wanted to mention a special that I raised for inboxed listeners. I have a free trial for seven days for anyone that goes to www.emailandcoach.com slash inboxed. This is good for inboxed listeners only. You'll see the first selection is the free trial for the seven days. So if you're skeptical, you really have nothing to lose. But if you're going to be delivering to Yahoo or AOL, it's crucial that you sign up for their feedback loops because, you, like you were saying, is you want to keep your reputation clean with them. So everyone that complains, you want to have them removed from the list right away. Otherwise, I, I believe that's why, how you were saying, that the spam house listed IPs are going into Yahoo. I believe that's because Yahoo has their own reputation monitor that doesn't always necessarily check with spam house. And uh, again, in that last word, of course, we uh, we talked, um, <clears throat> of course, to Keith, and, we, and Keith told us that he was a, a cruise director one time. Joe, what did you do in your past? I was actually a network engineer by trade. That's what I went to school for, and I used to work for the Long Island Railroad in New York as a network engineer. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. And I asked those, I asked, I asked those questions, you know, only because you know, you know, sometimes we're we're so serious about the things that we're doing, and, and uh, I find that there are some real interesting, interesting reasons that people either gotten out of their careers or, or they've they've changed their careers, and and so this whole internet market has really provided um, a great opportunity for for a lot of people. So, um, so Joe, I want to thank you for for being on on the show again. Um, if you guys are uh, are looking for a little bit of information, reminder you can go to emailingcoach.com, and of course, Joe's going to give uh, our inbox listeners a seven day trial. And um, I know we tried to have you on the show um, show last week, Keith. So I appreciate you making the show. Any last minute comments from you? 
Uh, no, I, I think that's, um, I really appreciate you uh, having the show out there. And, uh, uh, Kevin, you sound like you've got a really wealth of knowledge uh, that you could transfer to your clients as well. And um, another um, uh, thing on Yahoo is uh, one cl- closing thing is out there is um, they, they do do gray listings, so you will see a lot of deferral rates when you're applying for white listing or feedback loops from Yahoo. When you're applying for feedback loops from Yahoo, let me repeat myself. How many times uh, a hard bounce is your email removed? It should be once, one time. And how many times for a soft bounce? It should be about anywhere from 10 to 20 times, okay? Now, age old, uh, you'd never remove someone from a soft bounce. But uh, remember those keywords in there, and that'll help you get into that white uh, feedback loop for Yahoo. Hey, excellent. Uh, just before we get ready to go to the break, I want to thank Joe Bereka for being with us, of course, from Emailing Coach. And, of course, Keith Kosmanoff. And, of course, what, what? Uh, we. <laughs> the, uh, thank you guys so much for being with us. It was great information. The first segment is in the can. Of course, you're listening to Inbox Radio. And this is the February 3rd edition of Inbox Radio. Of course, where else would you send it? We'll be right back after these messages. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inbox will return after this. XYZ in the affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even from a split state of the art tracking. Where to the start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. FriendFinder. FriendFinder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles. At hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With, with, with FriendFinder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Public relations professionals understand the importance of branding. Invest in your next ad campaign with one of the premier branding innovators broadcasting on air and on demand to the internet business world. WebmasterRadio.fm. Let our team customize your branding to target public relations professionals that access our public relations channel every day. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm for a consultation today. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy, live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the godfathers of mass distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm. And once again, welcome back to the Inbox Radio Show. This is the Big Fabu. I'm John Fondy, and of course, this is the February third edition of Inbox Radio. Kind of, kind of, kind of tweak some wires here a little bit. If you just joined the show, you can go to inboxedradio.com. That's I N B O X E D radio.com. And uh, you'll be able to jump into the chat room. Also, you can go to webmasterradio.fm. They have a chat room there. And Brasco, who's working the dials for us today, will funnel those questions and answers. Uh, will come directly from our experts. And now we've got the Clickfather back on his headset. I've Skyped in now to correct that problem. So, hey, Clickfather, welcome to the show. Yeah, I, I was opted out there for a minute. And, John, why does my uh, headset smell like cheap whiskey now? Well, because uh, I wasn't able to get the cigar lit in time. <laughs> of course, that's what my women's uh, great smell like. Great to be anyway. back, John. What <laughs> What's that? So, so that's great to be really... back. Yeah, uh, I said great to be back, John. 
It, it is great. We had a couple of great guests talked about emailing, of course, and uh, the whole whole idea is to make sure that that inbox is working for you. Now it looks like we've got our inbox working here as well. How was your week so far since we talked to you? It's been good. Everything's been great. We've got uh, launched some really good, exciting offers, um, and uh, you know everything's going very, very well as usual. Now, people can actually go to the Inboxed Radio uh, blog site, and they can pick up on some of those offers that that are uploaded there as well. That's correct. There's actually quite a few of the hot offers up there, and uh, Sydney, I'm sure, will uh, tune in today, too, and let us know of the, the new things that just came up. Yeah, that's a good thing. Of course, you know one of the things if you've just joined us uh, and the first time listener here at inboxradio.com, you can go to Inbox Radio. We've got the show archives in there, so you can go through and sort of see the myriad of different wild things and the guests that we've had. And uh, this represents about our thirtieth show that we've done so far. So, really, I'm kind of happy and kind of excited. The Click Fathers here with me. And, of course, the, the title of our show is, of course, The Three-Day-Old Fish. And the, the whole idea behind that is we're going to talk about uh, a, a potentially a smelly subject, and that is, of course, affiliate tax. And, of course, uh, coming up later on in the show, we're going to have Brooke Schaaf and, of course, uh, Bennett Kelly will be joining us to talk a little bit about that. So it kind of leads us into our What's Cooking segment. And with me on the line right now, of course, is Executive Chef Andrew Taylor. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, Big Fabu, how are you doing? And Mr. Clickfather, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing great, except I put a little too much hot sauce in that fish. <clears throat> but besides that, I'm doing awesome. <laughs> good, good, good deal. Hey, guys, let me tell you, today we did something a little bit different at the, at the request of one of our guests for lunch today with Ms., the beautiful Miss Maria Perez. And uh, we did some codfish today, and we did it in the tradition of the old fish and chips from, from England. With a little bit of a, a kick to it, as we always do things, we'd like to spice them up around here a little bit. So one of the things in the, in the recipe is on the website today. We use, instead of using cornmeal like a lot of people do, we use corn flakes, which oh, creates a little bit of a nice. different flavor. What did you think of that, John? Well, I'll tell you, it, 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 I'm not a big eater, as you know. That's how I keep my, uh, my girlish figure. <laughs> but uh, I ate as much of that as I could. That was phenomenal. Uh, it just seemed like the cod just, just fell off the bone. And I know you went shopping at our favorite supermarket, which is called Glazers. There's only one of a kind in the United States, and it's right here in Las Vegas. And uh, their fresh fish was amazing. We went and looked at that this morning, didn't we? Oh, absolutely. And, and uh Fabu, you hit the nail on the head with that. You want to get the freshest fish you can, and whether you're cooking, whether you're cooking, uh, you know, fish and chips or whatever you're having, when you get fish, you want it to be fresh or at least fresh frozen. We prefer fresh, and Glazer's it does it better than anyone. Um, once again, we used a beer batter with that fish, put a little bit of spice in it, like we always like to do, and then cooked it up in the traditional fashion with the chips. Well, and of course, as we always do, we had a full house. Here uh, again today, we had a gentleman who's running for uh, United States Congress. That was Joe. He came in and dropped in for lunch. And of course, as you mentioned, Maria Perez, who who is a big fish eater, and we asked her uh, if we could design a meal around her. Uh, what would it be? And she said she wanted fish. So uh, I could tell she really enjoyed it as 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 well too. And I know she's got a big appetite, and you know she's got a great figure as well. So we all got to kind of keep working out. Where'd the tradition of fish and chips come from, uh, Chef Taylor? Well, I, you know, years ago, it is officially Britain's uh, fast food. Uh, you know, where ours is McDonald's or cheeseburgers or whatever it is, they started uh, frying up, uh, you know, potatoes, and they did them more like chips than, than like French fries you see nowadays. Um, but fish was so prevalent over there, and people like it. It's healthy. It's good for you. It's good flavor. And uh, if you go, if you ever make it over to England, you will find almost everywhere serves fish and chips. It is their signature dish. Well, listen, I appreciate it. I asked earlier in the show um, the, the question, what is the similarity between relatives and fish? And basically, the answer to that is after about three days in your house, they, all, they both start to stink a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they do. That. Yeah, they do. Hey, guys, listen, I hate to do it, but I got to get back to the kitchen. All right, talking with XY7 oh. Executive Chef Andrew Taylor, and something that's potentially kind of 
stinking up our industry. And with me today is a gentleman who's been the affiliate program manager for multi-million dollar programs, and I'm talking about all of them, Zappos and Shoes.com and Edmunds. And right now um, he holds a BA in German Studies from the University of California at Berkeley, and uh, he serves on the board of directors of the Performance Marketing Association. I want to welcome to our show uh, Brooke, Sh- Brooke Schaefe. Brooke, nice to have you on the show with us today. Hey there. That kind of comes from the German thing, huh? Yeah, it's actually, um, it's funny. We have some distant relatives in Germany in a little town called Marburg, but uh, the double vowel indicates it's, um, it's Dutch, and uh, Dutch is actually uh, a dialect of German, essentially. They, they don't always like it if you tell them that, but um, somehow that's where it goes back to. Well, you know, we kind of we kind of dress the show around a, a, a segment that's called "What's Cooking." I sure wish you were here to taste some of the fish and chips today, Brooke, because it was really phenomenal. But this was uh, we had a meal that actually tasted pretty good. But uh, it looks like there's some people out there that are serving up a meal uh, to some of the affiliates out there that isn't tasting so good. And maybe you could fill us in a little bit about what's taking place from your point of view. Um, you know, about this advertising tax. What is it? And 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 where's it going well um yeah you know we we, uh, we really appreciate you um uh, talking about this in the segment and um what it is is it's an uh, it's an abominable um uh, legislative initiative uh, that's happening in different states and it basically is an attempt to uh short circuit supreme court precedent from the 90s to determine that uh, affiliates in a particular state represent a physical presence for the merchants that they sell advertising to and because the merchants have a physical presence through that affiliate, which is uh, also called a tax nexus, merchants have to collect and sales tax to the state. Um, so, for example, if, if I'm in uh, California and I go to a brick-and-mortar store, like, um, let's say, Payless Shoes, and um, I you know, buy a pair of shoes, I pay sales tax on that. And if I order online and I live in California, I also pay a sales tax because Payless has these stores in California <clears throat> But if I order something from, um, you know, Overstock or from Amazon.com, they don't collect the sales tax. It's technically still due, but um, pretty much nobody pays it. And so are you trying to say that uh, what these states are doing now is to remove that technicality and turn it into a reality? Yeah, but the funny thing is they don't, they don't really have the legal right to do that. Um, you know, what it boils down to is that Affiliate marketing is a form of advertising, right? I mean, you're selling uh, advertising on your site on basically a CPA basis. Uh, under different circumstances, you could charge, you know, CPC, or you could charge uh, CPM. And so, um, this happened in uh, what happened first in New York in 2008 was um, they got this they got this uh, clever idea that affiliates were sales agents. And if, um, if you have a sales agent in the state, that means that you have nexus, you have this physical presence. And um, that's being battled out in, in court right now um, uh, by Amazon and by, um, by Overstock. And um, last year in Rhode Island and North Carolina, they passed uh, similar measures. But the problem is that the, the burden of collecting the tax uh, for the out-of-state retailer is greater than the value the affiliates in that state bring to their bottom line. So the natural consequence is that the out-of-state merchant is going to sever the relationship with affiliates. That means affiliates in that state take a huge uh, hit to their advertising dollars. Um, by some metrics in New York, uh, affiliates were off by 50% year over year. And so does it... Is it really actually adding uh, a significant amount <clears throat> to the coffers of the state of New York, or could it potentially? Um, in New York, it actually did add some money, and the reason it did there was because Amazon um, decided to uh, not end the relationships and decided in court. So um, it's making a contribution in New York. But what's going to happen in all following states is that the the big merchants that are out of state, like Amazon and like Overstock and and hundreds more, are going to terminate all their affiliate relationships. And that's exactly what happened last year in North Carolina and Rhode Island. And they're um, they're trying to pass it in California. There's a very vicious fight this week, in fact. It died. 
Yep. Um, hey, hey, Brooke, are you are you still with us? It seemed like it kind of cut off in mid sentence there. Oh no, I'm here. Okay, uh, great. I just I had a, the, a question for you, and then we're going to bring uh, Bennett Kelly in in the next segment. Okay. And, and I'm going to keep you on for a little time so we can we can have a roundtable a little bit. But um, you know, is there anything effectively that we can do from our side of the fence to stop the advertising tax? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, grassroots activity is very important. We were able to defeat um, the proposed legislation in California last year, which was a big victory. Um, and actually, it was it was sort of proposed in seven states where it was withdrawn or, or otherwise defeated. Um, there's a couple states where it's active right now, including Colorado. Um, Colorado's had a really, really great grassroots activity. Um, do you mind if I give a couple shout-outs? Yeah, absolutely. Go. I was going to do a couple as well. Go ahead. Um, so the executive director of the Performance Marketing Association out there, is out there right now. That's Rebecca Madigan. She'd probably be on the call if, if she weren't there. Um, Jen Goody from the uh, Colorado Online Marketing Association, Brad and Janine Crooks. Um, the entire company is of Ad Perio um, uh, Shop at Home. Um, I saw a great website by Miles uh, Baker, and um, you know I, I kind of have to apologize because there's a lot more names that you probably mentioned, but they had a hundred people, uh, more than a hundred people, show up um, uh, last week in uh, in the House hearing. It passed, unfortunately, but um, the battle is definitely not lost there yet. Yeah, and of course, Rebecca did. Uh, she was going to be on the show, and she said she's actually uh, in Colorado now. Are they? Are she and the group going up there to to try to stop some legislation that's going on? Is that the purpose they're in town today? Yeah, she testified last week before the House, and she's going to do it tomorrow before the Senate, along with other people. Um, it's very, very important to uh, educate yourself as an affiliate. Um, you know, bar none, no controversy. This is a very unfair thing. Uh, it's worth noting, you know, that the people in online marketing and the Performance Marketing Association, you know, we're not opposed to the collection of sales tax per se. We're opposed to an unfair uh, discrimination against our form of advertising. Um, you know, the the consequences are clear. They're they're very harmful to small businesses. Some people have had to move states, and um, you know that's bad for everybody all around. It takes um, it takes a lot of work to try and convince legislators. The issue is very confusing, and if you're you know listening to this and you're confused by it, don't don't fat it. It's confusing even to people in the industry. But um, you can you can make it understood and then communicate to the legislators that this is not going to mean any more dollars for the states because the relationships will be terminated. But it is going to harm small businesses in the states. What what could what kind of uh, harm could that bring for for a small business in in this, let's say this the state of Colorado? So you know, um, if you're making money with sales uh, to an out of state retailer, um, the cost of them uh, implementing the sales tax collection for all their customers in Colorado is higher than the value that all the affiliates in Colorado bring in aggregate. And this bill would pass March first. And so the merchants, out-of-state retailers, like realistically, they couldn't even implement the technical changes they would need to in order to collect the sales tax. Their hands are going to be tied. They're going to need to sever their relationships. And whatever percentage of uh, revenue the affiliates are making in, in commissions from out-of-state retailers, they're going to lose when those relationships are ended. You know, we're an agency, and uh, we have a portfolio of clients, and, you know, this is what... This, we've talked to them. This is what they're they're going to feel compelled to do. Well, take us through the process of what goes on uh, when you when you sit in one of these hearings. Um, is it basically to try to inform them to make a, a quality decision? And basically, are they uninformed when they're when they're trying to pass this legislation? You know, that's a great question, and um, I think that's a good opportunity to talk about what the proponents are trying to do. There's really two reasons um, people try and push for it. You know, the first we've talked about is revenue. That's clear to understand that states are cash-strapped right now. The second, interestingly, is an idea of fairness because there's a lobby uh, of, say, um, the classic stereotype is uh, used book sellers. And they feel that, you know, they're just being killed by Amazon. So Amazon is kind of like this white whale that they're trying to harpoon. Um, so these, these kind of come together to lobby in favor of the bill. Um, 
And our point on, on the contrary is, you know, you're, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to harpoon Amazon and you're not going to get any more dollars because Amazon and all the other out-of-state retailers are going to be able to terminate the relationships. So at a certain point, it, it can actually be very frustrating because it kind of transcends logic and gets into the very, you know, brass-knuckled, ugly world of politics where they say, hey, you know, it's, uh, we're going to vote as a block. Um, and that's where it's really important to get constituents out and say, look, you know, I've got a small business. You are harming me directly. And uh, I want to bring in the Click Father. Uh, Click, we've been talking a little bit about the affiliate tax and kind of taking it from the guys that are actually taking it in the street. Um, before we go to break, any comments uh, that you've kind of heard uh, on the street as well? No, I've been following it, John. I've been listening to uh, Sean Collins' uh, webcast as well um, in regards to it. Uh, you know, obviously it's a very big issue. Um, and it's an issue on a lot of fronts. You know, we, we face this every day being a business, even in our lovely state, um, but there's something called use tax. So if we don't pay uh, tax on the internet, we actually still have to pay the tax to the uh, to the state for anything we buy over the internet. So it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, what they're attempting to do, which they've done successfully with Dell and a few others, is uh, you know collect sales tax. I mean, you know, as you know, when you buy Dell, it's uh, almost everywhere now. They're collecting tax, or maybe everywhere. Um, and from what I hear, that's a rev share that they have now. That uh, actually Dell even makes a, a portion of that money. Kevin, could it be because Dell has opened up some brick-and-mortar uh, establishments in malls and places like that? that it, 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 may, it may be, John, but I, I remember even before they had the kiosk, they were charging sales tax. I know at one time um, some of the, uh, the state governments put together uh, deals where they were, they were literally rev-sharing them, and I think Dell was one of them. Um, I don't know who else offhand, but you, know, you, can, you can Google it, obviously, and, uh, and take a look. Oh, so, well, uh, great. <clears throat> Brooke, do you, if you had a minute to, uh, to, to stay on, we're going to go ahead and go into our third segment. We're going to bring Bennett Kelly in, and maybe the two of you guys can, can discuss things not only from your side of the fence, but also from the legal side. Do you have a minute to stick around? Yeah, I'd be pleased to. Just let me know when you'd like me to chime in again. Okay, great. Okay, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to have Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center who's going to talk about the legal side of this uh, of the affiliate tax. And, of course, we've got uh, Brooke Schaff, and he's an affiliate program manager, and he's actually down in the trenches uh, lobbying uh, to bring businesses and affiliate marketers together to actually kind of inhibit some of this legislation that's taking place. We'll have all that and more. And, of course, the Click Father is still going to be with us when Inbox returns right after this message. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inboxed will return after this. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Round trip plane tickets, $1,100. Four-night hotel stay, $900. Conference passes, $2,000. And to think how far your dollar could go every month by working with Webmaster Radio.fm on air and on demand at some of the most premier trade shows around. We report from booth to booth, session to session, keynote to keynote. That can be sponsored by you. Plus, we throw unforgettable networking functions where your message can be conveyed via audio or video from the ceiling to the floor. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for a free consultation. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Welcome to the WordPress Community Podcast, the essential source for news and information on the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. Learn about the newest updates and plugins, 
as well as exclusive interviews with WordPress experts that are sure to help you enhance your skill set. The WordPress Community Podcast, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to another edition of Inbox Radio. This is, of course, the February 3rd edition. The smell of three-day-old fish is our topic, and we're starting to kind of ferret out a little bit about uh, some some things that are starting to smell a little bit fishy. Our third segment here, uh, we've got Bruce Schaaf on the line with us. He's an affiliate program manager and is also um, on the board of directors of the Performance Marketing Association. Before I went to the break, Brooke, you were telling us about uh, the, the about potential Potentially, this could be just, you know, a sense of ignorance that's taking place in this legislation. And, um, and, and, and tell other affiliate marketers and networks out there how they can get involved in this cause to, to nip it in the bud before it starts to affect them. Yeah, the, um, if you go to the performancemarketingassociation.com, uh, you can sign up to be on the email list. And there's a, a lot of very act- grassroots activity that anybody interested can join. Well, you've kind of going going back and forth on this from the uh, from the standpoint, and we've been talking about it a little bit on the show. But of course, one of the experts that always keeps us abreast of what's taking place in Washington D.C. and around the country, of course, is Bennett Kelly, and he of course has the Internet Law Centers. He sits high atop his ninth story uh, palatial suite overlooking the Santa Monica Bay. Uh, nice to have you with us here today, Bennett. Thanks, John. It's always a pleasure. So tell us, how is the how is the skyline looking down in California? I understand you had some rain for a while. Oh, but it's a beautiful day today. Nothing like um, I'm sure our friends watching or listening on the East Coast are enjoying, but um, that's why people come to California. Well, it's kind of you kind of get to see the clear weather out there. Can we see clearly what's taking place with this affiliate tax? And maybe you're four one one on uh, on if this is going to get a little smellier before it gets to gets to being better. Well, one thing that got clearer is that the uh, the the bill in California was um, officially died on the thirty first of January. Um, California has a procedure where legislation. Um, has to pass by a certain date, and um, and this did. And either you have to pass by a certain date in your first year you're introduced, or by the second year it has to pass by January 31st. And so it hasn't met that hurdle. But one thing we know is things can be amended, and so there's always a possibility, as long as any state is still in session, that a bill could be in, in, amended to include this language. Right now, we know it passed the House um, like yesterday or the day before in Colorado. Uh, we know Vermont is considering it. Um, there's a possibility of action in Maryland and Virginia. And so those are the areas where it seems to be currently be active. Although, um, frankly, given the, the fiscal situation of some of the states, uh, I would expect it to be more active. And um, you know, that could also be partly due to the good work of um, you know, Rebecca and, and her group, and who I think you know, deserve the shout-out she got. Um, you know, I've been in this space in, in dealing on the governmental relations side you know, since I first testified in um, Sacramento on spam in 2003. And you know, in those days, we were poorly organized and we were an easy target. And um, you know, some of the responses we've seen in the last two years in California and Colorado are really heartening. And it's really good to see the industry um, wake up and get organized. Hey, Brooke, you're still with us here. Do you have any questions at all for the legal side of this for uh, Bennett Kelly? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Sure. I, I said since we've got uh, Bennett here, I was wondering if you had any questions uh, at all the, uh, for information for Bennett. Well, actually, I, I had the pleasure of um, being on a panel with Bennett at the Philly Convention last December. Um, and um, I uh, admire his knowledge of uh, and position on, on this issue. Um, I'd be definitely be interested to hear um, uh, any of his latest perspectives on uh, what's currently going on. Well, one thing that that, that is happening. Well, you, know, you guys are well abreast, and on, on your side, the uh, the association was, was actually involved in the the New York litigation. Um, as you may know, Amazon uh, filed a lawsuit challenging the New York legislation as unconstitutional, as inconsistent with the Supreme Court's ruling on when a state can tax 
um, require an out-of-state retailer to collect sales tax. And, um, and so that decision is actually imminent. Um, you know, there was argued some months ago, and so everyone's kind of waiting for that to come down. Um, and um, the Farmers Market Association actually did file an amicus brief in, in that. Now, on the well, one thing that has happened is um, state of North Carolina has taken an interesting position as to what the meaning of their legislation is. Um, on one hand, the, um, the Department of Revenue included the legislation in a release of um, major tax changes in 2009. Um, but the same, and also the language of this, and explaining that the the new um, Amazon bill that adopted in North Carolina was meant to modernize um, the the language, the current language, you know, to address um, you know the, the new world of you know e-commerce. And um, but at the, on the other hand, the state has taken the interpretation that the, the new amendments are merely a technical clarification of their existing authority. And they are actually contacting retailers, um, particularly retailers who may have terminated affiliates in North Carolina, and um, and trying to collect back taxes going back, you know, a number of years, um, on the ground on the theory that the um, the Amazon tax authority that they ha- they now have they had all along, and uh, you know one you know the question of whether or not the Amazon tax is enforceable is, is still in play, but two. Um, to create this retroactive application of it is really um, is really specious. Then, do you think that they're going to be successful, or has that been pretty well quelched? Um, and it seems to it, me like it would be difficult to do anyway. Well, it's just started, you know. And I have some, you know, I'm actually in in discussions with the Department of Revenue. And um, if you're listening, hi, thanks, guys. Um, and um, but it's just started, and I, I don't know um, to what extent are there any any large entities have come into play on this or not. But you know, hopefully, um, you know, cooler, you know, reason will prevail. I mean, we, we can resolve this without having to go to litigation. But um, you know, if they if they push keep pushing this point. Um, it may ultimately have to. Well, what Brooke mentioned earlier, he said that the states really do have have a right to collect this tax. Um, is there a reason why they haven't been doing it all along, or is it just, uh, again, a learning curve and somebody saw a loophole? There's, well, there's, two, there's a nuance to this. The states, it is a tax that is due. And he mentioned, for example, in California, um, if I if I ordered something, you know, John from from you in um, Nevada of online, um, you you wouldn't have to collect sales tax, and um, technically I would have a duty to pay it. And, and in fact, some people when they get audited um, by the state, one of the things the state looks for if they really want to you know nail you is say, well, you know, where's the sales tax that you're supposed to have paid. Um, so we, we still have a duty to pay it regardless of whether or not you collect it. So the duty is there. And so you know, some of the position that the people advocating it in California are saying is it's not a new tax. It's an existing tax um, we just, that has, just has to be collected. Um, the other thing that's going on, too, is Amazon is just such an easy target. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of money on the table. They're out of state, so there's no political downside. And and the other thing is um, Amazon's on both sides of the issue. While it's saying it's impossible, you know, to comply with all these various, you know, different taxing authorities um, when it's wearing its Amazon hat, it's actually the back end for stores like Target and others that are doing it every day. And so, you know, the I think you know, strategically, um, whoever's starting in New York was smart in making this in. Um, labeled as an Amazon tax because you know they're actually a, a good poster child for those who are advocating the tax. Um, now the one thing that we have, we've talked about in the past is if you know the, the downside for the affiliate community is every time this passes, um, basically the state the, the uh, retailers just terminate um, all their affiliates in that state. You know, for example, Rhode Island and North Carolina, you know, which can have you know devastating impacts. Um, which we, we don't know how that weighs. It, there isn't any data yet to show how that weighs against the income being generated from the tax. But um, you know, eventually, if, an, if a certain number of states pass this, eventually it's, it's going to be just a law on diminishing returns, I think. And eventually, um, you, there'll be enough states that they'll be precluding themselves from having affiliates in that it won't be economically viable, I suspect. 
Um, but you know that's somewhat of a theoretical thing. You know, so, but arguably, at a certain point, you know, affiliates may want to be in favor of the tax, um, just so it gets to that point. But right now, it's only in three states, and um, it's possible that you know the New York decision could come down, and that could definitely, if it rules against um, the state, that could definitely dampen. Um, ben, you know, the Bennett, what are the three states right now? Is it uh, New York, California, and Vermont? No, it's right now. It is law in New York, um, North Carolina. And um, here's a Jeopardy question for you. Um, the state with the longest name, which is the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My okay, so state. It's, it's there, and then it's proposed in how many states right now? Right now, it, well, it's there have been various you know, levels of activity, but right now it's active in Colorado, um, Vermont, and I believe, I'm not sure if legislation has been introduced, but there, there is supposed to be some activity in uh, Virginia and Maryland. Um, and one thing about state legislatures is a lot of them have very limited um, schedules. You know, by law, they're only limited to being in session so so long, and so usually it's um, from now until um, mid mid to late spring um, or early summer. And so you know, a lot of this we'll know you know by by June we'll have a pretty good idea of whether you know to what extent we dodged a bullet this year, <laughs> or how many bullets hit us. Exactly. And again, you had mentioned. Uh <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, when you when you say that it's that it's that it's taking place in in places like Colorado and Vermont, does this mean that uh, the uh, the advertisers themselves are going to start having to, uh, to to pay the tax on those sales? Well, it, right now it's passed the House in, in Colorado, but it hasn't passed the Senate. And you know what we saw, you know, last year could have been much worse. You know, it, it did pass in California and Hawaii. But in both cases, you had a governor who vetoed it, and so um, you know, Colorado. I, I forget who the governor. It's a Democratic governor, so you know it, it may. It's more likely to be signed, but um, you know it, it still has a ways to go in the process. And you know, from what I've heard from Rebecca, was there was quite a considerable turnout in Colorado, and um, and so you know people just have to reduce. A lot of people don't understand what the hell an affiliate is. And particularly right. when you're dealing with, you know, legislators from rural areas who just who may not just be tech savvy, you know, who may not even been involved in tech. You know, they may have been school teachers and then when schools didn't have any technology. Um, and and for them, you just explain this is about a small business. And I think, um, you know, there's some really good um, presentations done in California, um, you know, last time where they basically they, they, they explained this is an affiliate. Here's a guy who put himself through college and um, through his affiliate program, and then now he has this growing e-commerce business that employs two people. I mean, that's the American dream. You know, here's a kid just pulling himself out of his bootstraps, and now he's, he's actually creating jobs. And, you know, so he explained this is about small business. Um, all of a sudden, you know, the whole notion of what is an internet marketer and an affiliate and all that stuff, um, you know, goes away. Well, we've got uh, some uh, some real tight races here for state assembly and for Congress here in the state of Nevada. We've got a new governor's race that's in play, and of course, we've got uh, uh, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid's uh, seat is up for re-election. Um, I haven't haven't really heard much of this come up at all, Bennett. Do you think it's because we're under the radar right now? And, and Kevin, you can chime in there as well. Well, I mean. It, it- this is a state issue. It's not on the federal level, and right. I, I think to the extent that if it does spread on the state level, it, Congress could intervene. I mean, already there's been a, an extended moratorium on um, charging internet use tax, you know, for you know getting access um, to the internet, and uh, which initially was just proposed um, by AOL and others as just a temporary two or three year tax until they could figure out you know how to um, you know, do the collection properly. Um, now AOL you know, and AOL did the whole pitch that this is just a temporary merger, but now you know they realize you know the politics are in their favor, and so you know this has more or less become the, um, not legally but de facto and a permanent um, prohibition. And so if you know you have an election year coming up, um, this would be something that you know, could easily be um, you know slipped into a bill, or if any of maybe next year um, this starts getting traction, you know, Congress may intervene. I mean, after all, remember how we got canned spam. California overreached in passing a spam law that would have shut down the entire um, internet marketing um, 
email marketing in the country, and Congress stepped in and, and passed a law in a matter of 100 days. So, um, you know, Congress is sensitive to what go, goes on in the states, and if it feels like, you know, there's some overreaching and they need to protect um, basically interstate commerce, um, they'll do that. And that's not, that's not a partisan issue. I mean, both sides will definitely jump in. I mean, you know, can spam was... Um, you know, sponsored by a Democrat and a Republican, I and mean, you know, never was a partisan issue. Yeah, I think John is just um, just trying to see if anybody's going to take sides. And John, I think since you've been going through a lot of these uh, political campaigns that we happen to be doing, I'm actually working on one right now. <laughs> um, nobody's going to address any hard issues. I mean, that's the game of politics, right, guys? And I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not being a smartass, but you know, anything that's uh, it's highly controversial. I don't. I don't see it being handled. It's, it's funny as we were interviewing uh, uh, somebody for a. We'll just say for a very esteemed uh, position in uh, in Nevada. Uh, they, they dodged every every main issue that we wanted to talk about and say, "Hey, let's advertise and talk about this." And you know that wasn't happening. So it's um, it's something I don't think they're going to they're approach right now, John. You know, it's it's a story. Um, Ted Kennedy told the story about when he first came to the Senate, and it was one of his first amendments he offered. And he lobbied this one senator really hard, and um, he, you know, he more or less thought he had his support. And so the debate happens, and the guy gets on the floor and gives this impassioned speech in favor of you know, Kennedy's proposal, and he's all excited. You know, he's a young senator, and he won over the senior senator. Um, and then they have the roll call, and the senator votes against it. And so he approached the senator and said, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. Your speech was entirely in favor of the amendment, but your vote wasn't. And he said, well, my state is evenly divided on this issue. So for those who favor the, the position, I'll send them the speech. For those who are opposed, I'll send them my vote. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah, a lot of times you, you, people do try to um, thread the needle on issues. And this is a very, you know, is, you know, if anyone's seen what happened in Massachusetts and elsewhere, this is a very tough yeah. political climate we're in. And, um, you know, right, this actually, um, this will be the, um, this will probably tie or maybe even surpass um, 1982 as being the, the, the midterm with the highest unemployment rate since um, the Depression. And um, you know, Reagan had, had a midterm in 82 with 9.9% unemployment, and you know, the projections are we'll, we'll be in that ballpark. So that, you know, that's a very ugly climate to be in, and um, so um, people, people are going to be very careful because they're dealing with an electorate that's not very happy. Well, I think that's a good point as we kind of close it out. Brooke, you've been uh, on the line here with us. I'll go ahead and, and uh, give you the last word on the subject. And we really appreciate you taking the time to, to be on the show and, and certainly give Rebecca our best as well. Absolutely. Um, we really appreciate your, your interest in the issue and helping to get the word out there. And um, I just say to everybody, you know, this affects your livelihood. Uh, please get involved and please be informed. So the best way to get involved would be to uh, to look at the PMA's website, correct, or to go on Facebook and uh, try and join some of the groups, grassroots as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a good way. And then we, we um, there's a lot of organizations, but the Performance Marketing Association dot com uh, is a good place to start. Awesome. Yeah, I always I always tell people, who do you want to set your business plan? You know, a, a legislator or yourself. And if you want it to be yourself, then you got to do what, what he suggested and get involved. Well, I think that's true. I want to thank all of our guests here, of course, and of course, thank uh, XY7 Executive Chef Andrew Taylor for cooking up some good old authentic British fish and chips. And Bennett, I'm so sorry that uh, you weren't here to enjoy that with us. But no, it sounded great as well. And of course, Keith Kosmanoff, Keith Kosmanoff of uh, RoboMail was with us, and Brooke Schaff was also here from the performance representing the Performance Marketing Alliance. And some great input from Joe Bereka. He, he's, he's with the emailing coach. You can go and check him out at emailingcoach.com, where for the inbox listeners, he has uh, an opportunity where you can join that and actually uh, enjoy it for free. And uh, so, of course, with me, of course, Brasco in the studio, he did a great job kind of fixing all the ghosts and goblins that were in the system. And, of course, the click father, Kevin DiVincenzi. Kevin, thanks so much for your input on the show John, today. thanks so much. Sorry about the technical uh, glitches, but I think uh, we, we got through it. So thanks for putting up with it. 
Again, our next live show is Tuesday. <laughs> our next live show is Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's also 5 o'clock if you're listening on the East Coast. And also you can go to Inboxed Radio. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com. Listen to our archive shows. And, of course, want to thank Anthony Owls back in our studio for helping us out with a live broadcast as well. For Inbox Radio, I'm John Fondy. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.